there is no possible way I'm the only person out there who is trying to better their physical and nutritional health for the mental health benefits and has no idea what they're doing either. Like, there's no way that I'm the only one. Hello, and welcome to Jesus and Juliet. I am here today with Abigail Sharbach. Yeah, you said it right. Yes. One in like 500 people. (laughs) I also just asked beforehand. So Um, so. I have had people ask me and still pronounce it wrong. So it is okay. Oh my gosh. I, I get my name mispronounced a lot too. My first name, it's always like Lara or Laura. And I'm like, no. But sometimes I don't correct people. I'm just like, say what you're going to say. It's fine. (laughs) Let's move on with our lives. (laughs) So I want people to get to know you and I want to get to know you. So I met Abigail when we're on this group together. That's for moms who are also business owners. And when I had started the capsule wardrobe course, she joined. And so we got to know each other. She's in my group and I think that that time was really special because honestly, that was the first time where I had really felt like community and that I knew people who I didn't know in real life, oddly enough. Did you feel that way? Yeah, that group was kind of cool, actually, because I haven't I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and I feel like people were just like one big family, like none of us knew each other, but everybody was just like, yeah, like we're (laughs) all together and we're going to be best friends now. Like (laughs) that was so cool about that group. (laughs) Yeah. It's I, hopefully it keeps going, but, um, but I thought it was really interesting to meet so many different ladies and I ended up meeting Abigail and I was like, I just felt so connected to you because you were obviously super active in the group, but also it's, you know, when you just feel like she's like me, (laughs) She's cool. <laughs> she's, she's easy to talk to, friendly, nice. Like that's I'm really not looking for much when I'm looking for friends. So. No, I'm right there with you. I was so excited about that group. Actually, I never watch people's lives. Um, I'll always like be like, yeah, I need to watch that. And then it'll pop up like this person is live. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe I don't need to jump on that right now. But oh my gosh, like I was so excited. And like, (laughs) my boyfriend was having so much fun with it too. Because I just like went into my room and I was like getting rid of this, getting rid of this, getting rid of this. Um, And then he was not as excited when I was like, I just bought a pair of Louboutins and when they break, I'm going to get them fixed and I'm not going to throw them away. And then when I'm done with them, I'm going to sell them. And he was like, oh my gosh, how much did you just spend on a pair of shoes? I was like, Laura said it was okay. (laughs) That is so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so crazy whenever things started happening and people were responding and doing what I said. And I was like, this is terrifying, but it was so much fun. You know what? I don't hop on lives either. And I think it's because I know they can see if I'm on. Yeah. It's weird. weird. (laughs) What's funny is most of the people I don't actually know in real life, but I'm like, they're going to see I'm on. And then I feel pressure not to leave them. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I know. I tried to jump on one of your lives one day and my internet was going in and out and it wouldn't load it. And I was like, (laughs) I have to message her right now and tell her that I tried to watch, but my internet wasn't working. Yep. Oh, that guilt. Were you raised Catholic? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. Because I was. We have Catholic guilt. But I mean, I'm Irish, so I mean, technically, it runs in my blood, right? Right. I would think I so. I have like guilt in my blood. I feel <laughs> like that's the thing. Well, let's get started. We have a lot to talk about. I want them to learn all about you because just really quick, can you tell everyone what what you do? Because I think it's so interesting. So I am a certified personal trainer but I'm also a certified peer specialist. And that is a person who has lived experience with a behavioral health disorder. And I've learned to help teach people how to like use their coping skills and find resources and support them through their own behavioral health disorder. So um, what I do is I really just incorporate a lot of like mental health stuff into exercise. And so I've actually had people go down on like their antidepressants and stuff like that with the help of their doctor, of course. I always want to emphasize that. But um, so it's really cool. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, it's when I realized that I just thought it was so amazing to pair the two because they are so closely related. It's, The same thing, like whenever we talk about in the group, like getting up and getting dressed for the day and how much more productive you feel, but also getting exercise and walking around. And so did you see a difference that reminds me of COVID (laughs) and that point in time, I feel like there's different stages of COVID, but remember the point of COVID when we were all walking (laughs) and we were all going on like (laughs) several walks a day. Yes. What was your thought process during that time? Because I really want to hear about, for me, I am not someone who generally suffers from any sort of anxiety or anything like that. There's times when I want to sleep for days. Um, You know, I have those moments when something is maybe going poorly in my life, but generally I feel okay. COVID just threw me for a loop. And I was not okay. (laughs) And um, the alcohol consumption increased, um, and not to like any sort of crazy amount. But normally, it was like, I'm having a margarita a week. Well, now I'm having one at home every day. (laughs) We're all working from home. There's whiskey in our coffee. Yeah. So during that, what yeah. Did you have people coming to you that said, I really need help? Or what What were you hearing? Or what were you dealing with at that time? I actually, I had several people sign up that were used to going to the gym and stuff like that, because I do a lot of online training and people are able to do it in their house. And so I did have quite a few people sign up. But um, I think a lot of like the peer specialist in me came out because I had a lot of people um, messaging me on social media and um, I really tried to like put it out there so that it wasn't like um, people feeling like it wasn't normal. I tried to put like because I kind of went through 
a time where I thought the world was ending, right? So I went through my own period of depression and I try to put that out there. Um, I really try to be real and raw on social media. And so I had a lot of people messaging me um, just telling me like how depressed they were feeling and how isolated they were. And, um, and especially like people from other countries, because a lot of those people had like lockdown lockdowns, like do not leave your house. And we were so, um, so much more free here in the United States than a lot of those people were. And so people from other countries were messaging me like I've been in my house for days. I haven't talked to anybody. And so a lot of the peer specialists more than the personal trainer in me came out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was really rough and hopefully we're on the tail end. (laughs) Um, it's so funny how many interviews I did during this and like, I would see people's like masks hanging on their door. like in the background, like, I was yes. like, Oh, I see your masks on the door. Um, so let's jump back to your past. And I would love to hear about your upbringing and your faith. Um, just because I know that has played a huge part in your life now. Yeah. And you've kind of gone through some struggles. And I think that one thing that I've always tried to do on this podcast is be really honest. And um, I think that's something we both have in common is neither one of us. Well, I try to make my pictures look good on on Instagram. That's about as like fake as I get. Like most of the time I'm just like, this is me, you know? Um, And I, I, I want to hear about, I want to hear about all of it. So if you can just start us at the beginning. (laughs) So we actually moved to Missouri when I was three. So I don't remember anything before that. Um, and I I have kind of a, um, for lack of a better term, like a collectivist type family at this point. Like um, my parents and siblings, we are all, I would say we live together in separate houses. Like, do not be surprised if somebody just walks into your house and they're like, I just needed some sugar. And they just go take some sugar out of your kitchen and leave. Like, that's what my family's like. So um, the rest of my family is all up in Illinois and Wisconsin. And my parents moved us to the middle of Southwest Missouri. And so um, growing up, my parents were, you know, we go to church on Sundays. We go to church on Wednesdays. Like, we listen to Christian music. Like we were, I don't want to say like sheltered because that's not really true, but my parents tried really hard to give us like a very good structure for our Christianity. And when I was six, my brother passed away in a car accident, which was the absolute, like shook my entire family to the core. Like that was so difficult for every single member of my family to get through. Um, But especially for my mom, she kind of had to like pick up the pieces for everybody else because as moms, that's kind of what we have to do. Like, and so um, my parents have really struggled so much um, since my brother passed away and we still went to church. But at that point in time, we were actually asked to leave a church 
And um, so we kind of struggled with bouncing around from church to church and youth group to youth group and stuff like that. Um, And so I never felt particularly like wanted or cared about at youth groups or really churches in general. Um, So we did that for several years, just kind of bouncing around. And, you know, we made a few of those like lifelong church friends along the way. Um, but I, we reached a point where we just like stopped going to church at that point. We were like, all right, like this is ridiculous. And so we just stopped going. And my parents at that point spent a lot of time trying to teach us not necessarily like the rules of Christianity, you know, there's the list of the Ten Commandments and and all of the rules that are in the Bible that you have to follow. And my parents were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to teach our kids to love everyone. You know, they were like, the most, one of the most important scriptures in the Bible is they will know you by your love and you are going to love everybody. So that's kind of what my parents based all of their teachings for us, for Christianity off of. From there, I got into high school and I met a boy, of course, because what else do you have to do in high school besides meet boys and learn? And I struggled really, really, really hard because my dad was a little more like, you have to be home at this time and you have to be here and you have to do this. And then um, my boyfriend came from a extremely, extremely, extremely conservative family. Like, don't drink, don't dance, don't swear. Just, it was a a list of rules. And that was so hard for me because my parents were, they were the, just love everybody. The rules don't matter, people. And then he was, here's this list of rules and you need to abide by them. I eventually, when we got out of high school, we got married. I was 18. We got married a month after we graduated and we were just so in love. And, um, we, you know, got our own apartment, started going to college and things just kind of got bad. Um, when I got pregnant with my son, I wasn't supposed to leave the house. I wasn't supposed to spend money. I was in this like tiny little windowless apartment and I was so depressed and like my family was not allowed to come up and see me. I was not allowed to go see them. There was just all of these things, all of these rules that I had to abide by all the time. Um, And it was hard. Like it was so hard. And that eventually is that ended our marriage. And I am from a very small town right in the middle of the Bible Belt. So there is literally a church on every block. And it was very difficult coming from a small community, knowing that people were constantly talking about, oh, they got divorced. Like, that is so awful. Like, that is absolutely the worst thing that anybody could do in in this community. Like, and so it's been a lot of hard conversations with God, because to me, I did everything the right way. Right. You know, that was so important to me to like, 
be pure till marriage and to respect my husband and all of these things that I did the right way and it still didn't work. And so there's been a lot of of angry talks with God. And I think people think that you can't get angry with God and you can, like you were allowed to. And we have had so many angry conversations about like, I did it the right way. You were supposed to make it work. And that's not how that works. Weirdly (laughs) enough. What? (laughs) Right? Surprise. Just in case anybody was wondering, that's not how that works. I'm just, okay, hold on. I have some clarifying questions I need to ask because I have, I'm not sure that you're going to consider this abuse and I don't want to use that term unless you use it first. But what I, what I, this reminds me of like women that you hear that meet a man and they are so different. And then when they get married, it's like they completely change. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. It's just so crazy that that happens because I can imagine you meeting this boy in high school and, you know, like y'all are doing things like I don't know what activities you did, but I'm just like, I'm sure you were like with the friends and hanging out and going to do things. And then um, and then to have that completely change on a dime is just crazy to me. And but you hear about that so often in cases of like mental and physical abuse, you know, and I, maybe I didn't have a question. Maybe I just had statements. (laughs) I just, I mean, did you ever have a moment where you thought it was you? Like, is that what goes through your head where you're just like, is it me? (laughs) Absolutely. So many times. And I, I have used the term emotional and mental abuse, and I I kind of like to be careful with that, but also understand that like sometimes relationships are just unhealthy and somebody mm. can be like emotionally and mentally abusive to you and right. not to other people or like, yeah. you know, not to their future wife, not to their future girlfriends. Like sometimes relationships are just so unhealthy. And I think for me, like, I just wanted to make him happy. I just wanted to be the person that he wanted me to be. And and it really came from a lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. And he knew that. Like, that was a very obvious thing. Um, And so, yeah, I did. I did get to a point where I was like, could this be me? Like, absolutely. And, And more than once and have had so many conversations with myself, like, okay, you need to go back and like, work your way through this. But you know, that's actually part of emotional and mental abuse is making the person feel as though it's their fault. And that's kind of like, part of like pushing their buttons until they go off and then being like, look at you, you're insane. Right. You know, that's all part of it. And so yeah, absolutely. So when you had conversations with him, were you, was he just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is the way it should be. (laughs) Sometimes. And sometimes there would be situations where he would be like, that never happened. Mm -hmm. Or your, your delusional was the one that he used regularly. You're delusional all the time. And so, um, 
yeah, like that never happened. You're delusional. You're making this up. I would never say that. I don't even know why I would say that. Stuff like that pretty constantly. And so I did get to the point where I was like, am I like hearing things? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Am I crazy? Yeah. (laughs) And my parents actually, you know, they, they saw a lot of the stuff that was going on, of course, as parents do. And they were like, you need to start writing down the events. They were like, you don't have to write down your opinion, you know, just a very unbiased view of the events with the date so that you can be sure for yourself that this actually happened. Right. Yeah. So when you got out of that relationship, what, what did you go through? Cause I can imagine that you went through a lot. Um, and I think it's easy for anyone to look at it and be like, Oh, I'm sure she was so happy and thrilled and everything just went on. And, and that's not what happens. So what, what, what did happen? Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> I went through a pretty serious depression. Um, I know that there was a day that I texted my mom and I said, I can't go to church this morning. I can't get out of bed. I can't do it. And she showed up at my door and um, my whole family came over and they just cleaned my house and they made me food and they did my laundry and my dishes And they were just so supportive through it because I waited probably a year after our marriage was over, after like I had told him that I wanted a divorce, Um, you know, because we had did that kind of separate, get back together, separate, get back together. I saw somebody else between him and him. Like Mm -hmm. it was just this whole mess at the end. And so by the time it was over, it was really, really, really over. Like it had been over for a while. We just hadn't separated. Right. And so I got very depressed. I um, kind of tried to keep going as best that I could. Um, and, you know, there's still times that that I get angry or, you know, it's been – over two years, almost three years now. And there's still times that I get angry and still times that I get sad. And I think that you're right. People think that it's just going to be like all of this empowerment and all of this stuff, because how could I be sad about losing this? It was so unhealthy. And it's like, yeah, it was unhealthy. And there were a lot of bad parts, but there were a lot of good parts too. Otherwise I wouldn't have married him. Right. Yeah. So, or you wouldn't have stayed as long as you did because that's, that's part of it is, you know, there's good parts and that's what keeps you there. I think just like the good being really, 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 really good, but the bad being really, 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 really bad. And then there's this like kind of push pull type situation that honestly, like it can become addicting. Right. So I think that that is like one of the biggest factors behind like all of these different emotions that come up, like after you leave a situation like that, because you are leaving the bad, but you're also leaving all of that really, really, really good. Right. So you got, I mean, you were on your own, I'm assuming. Yeah. On your own, raising your son. And did you start to seek help or how did you kind of process what just happened? 
a lot of therapy. <laughs> I I got into therapy pretty soon after that happened. I I work at a community mental health clinic, so there was once or twice that I just went in. We have a therapist there. He's amazing. He's a good Christian man. He's been there for years. And I just went and I just sat down in his office and I just cried. Mm-hmm. That's it. I hardly said anything. I just cried. And um, so I figured at that point, it was maybe time to like get an actual therapist that I didn't work with. Um, and so I've gone through talk space. I've gone through the EAP program at my work. I've found therapists on my own. Um, and, you know, I, I've been to three different therapists just because um, your EAP program only gives you specific sessions and stuff like that. Um, and so it has been years of processing, honestly. And then just building a support system again is one of the biggest things that got me through that. Like the biggest, most supportive thing is just having a good support system, having those friends that understand why you left or Mm -hmm. why this happened. Um, Because people do talk in small towns. Yeah. Um, And then like my family, having my family and my support system. And it's just, those are the two biggest like helpful things that I could think of. It's just therapy and then my support system. And I pretty well started on those immediately. And I I knew before our divorce that I needed some help because there were things that weren't right. Um, but I kind of turned to exercise at that point instead. Right. Can you just, this is kind of a side thing, but I know that I have listeners that um, maybe they've shied away from getting help and they just kind of don't even know. There's so many different, like what's the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist and a counselor. And there's so many different names. Um, can you just give a few like suggestions on if someone is depressed or they're going through something like what, where should they turn? Like, what was the, what's the first thing they should do? Um, definitely talk to somebody. I, I think um, if you are more comfortable, like starting out, just talking to like a friend or a family member, that is a okay. Um, but I do think that professional help is important. So um, in that case, like a therapist is the same, pretty well, the same thing as a counselor. It's somebody who you go and you sit and you talk to, and they kind of help you process the things that you've experienced. And therapists have like a lot of them have different um like specific things that they work on so like some people specialize in like depression and anxiety but there are also people who specialize in women's issues specialize in divorce specialize in trauma um all of these different things and it's really easy to get online and go to i think it's psychology today and find just a list of all of the therapists in your area and read their descriptions, read, you know, what they wrote on there. See if that's somebody who 
you think that you would connect with um, and go from there. And then um, a psychiatrist is somebody who specifically prescribes psychiatric medications. So those that would be who you would go to for um, your depression or anxiety medication or or even like medication for schizophrenia or whatever kind of psychiatric medications that you may need, that's who would prescribe it to you probably. Okay. Um, I think that's just going to be super helpful information. Um, So after moving through that, at what point were you like, I'm going to start a business? I honestly think that most of us choose to start some, all the times I chose, it was like, I had this idea and here I go, you know, that's how I am. I don't know if you know Enneagrams, but I'm like a three. So I'm like, here (laughs) I go, you know, the minute I think of it, but what, yeah. What made you decide to do that? I love that question so much. So uh, this is a pretty nuanced answer. (laughs) So growing up, I had always decided that I was going to be a fashion designer. And it was pretty well, like, I was the fashionista of the family. Like, I was always wanting to dress up, always wanting to, like, pair clothes together, always, like, drawing out sketches of dresses that I had in my mind. And um, my grandma actually used to own a dress shop in um, downtown Chicago. And so she knows how to sew very well. And I remember talking to her about, like, a dress that I was designing And I was listening to her talk about like sewing darts and seams and all of these things. And I was just so bored. Like it was so boring to me. And I was like, this can't be boring to me. Like this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then she started talking about running her dress shop and all of these different business aspects of running her dress shop and like even like financial stuff. And I was so fascinated I was like, yes, like this is so exciting to me. And so um, I had tried at one point in time to major in business because I've dropped out of college twice. Um, But I had tried to major in business and I took an accounting class and I was like, nope, nope, (laughs) like not in a million years. Um, And so I actually decided to get started with this personal training business Because I had, after I had had my son, I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety um, and going through a very, very, very bad depressive episode, I was having very bad suicidal thoughts, Mm -hmm. Um, specifically suicidal thoughts surrounding like taking all of this medication that I had been prescribed at once. And um, I knew that I didn't want to die. I think that's like a really important distinction is that I wanted to escape my circumstances, but I didn't want to die. And so I, that's when I was like, I cannot have medication in my house. Like, there's no way if I'm going to have thoughts like this, there's no way. So I started exercising and really focusing on my nutrition, getting my heart rate up in, you know, like running and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I started off having no idea what I was doing. I was just like 
trying stuff and Googling stuff and like just trying to find as much information about what I was doing as I could. But I had no idea what I was doing. And I felt like there is no possible way I'm the only person out there who is trying to better their physical and nutritional health for the mental health benefits and has no idea what they're doing either. Like there's no way that I'm the only one. And so I could help people who are going through the same exact thing that I did get from point A to point B so much smoother than my experience. So really, it wasn't necessarily like the business aspect of it that drew me in. It was like, I'm going to help people. Like I'm going to lead other women through what I've been through. And then I decided that I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to further my education, get my degree. That's when I found marketing. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the aspect of business that I want to be in. Like, I want to be in marketing. And so um, I am working through getting my degree in marketing and psychology. And I started a business. And that, and that's, and that's, that's your life. <laughs> <laughs> so do you only help women or do you help men too? I've helped a couple men. But normally I target like women just because I think that one, there's a lot of programs for men. There's a lot of programs for men out there. In fact, there's a lot of programs for men that are then like sold to women that are not even like specifically for them. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, because I want to work with me, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want to work with younger me who's Mm -hmm. also experiencing the things that I went through. Mm -hmm. I work with mostly women, but because I know how the body works, I, I can work with men too. It's just not specifically who I usually go after. So what is a, um, like, what do you do? Someone comes to you on Instagram, which your Instagram page is so inspiring and also looks so good. (laughs) And I'm like, she, she has to have orange in her page because her hair, like, I'm always like, because your page is like orange and teal. I'm like, it's so, I'm like, huh, <laughs> using your hair color is one of your colors. That's cool. Um, it looks so good. But anyway, side note. Um, <laughs> so what, someone messages you on Instagram and they're like, can you help me? So what do you, what do you sell? Like, what is the process? I just talk to them. Like I figure out what they're going through, what kind of goals they want to work on. Um, You know, if they're new to exercise or if they've been doing it a while, you know, kind of just get to really, really know them first. And Talk to them about like, because I work with a lot of moms. I talk to them about their kids, like what their kids schedule is like and what their relationship with their kids is like and stuff like that. Because I don't think people realize that if you're sedentary, if you're not moving your body and you're not eating healthy and you're not sleeping well, which if you're not moving, you're probably not, you're going to reach frustration so much faster. And 
I know <laughs> firsthand how frustrating it is when your kid asks the same question 27 times in a row, no matter how many times you answer them. Yep. So I ask them about all of these things and like how they want their life to be better by starting an exercise program. And from there, we kind of structure their goals, the things that they really want to work towards. And then if they decide at that point that they want to go ahead and start a program, we set up a time, we jump on a video call and we build a program together because there are so many things that people hate doing. Um, one of my clients messaged me the other day and she's like, hi, I'm never doing burpees again. Kay, thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> and so, if you hate doing an exercise, like you're not going to do it. You're not going to want to do it. You're not going to be excited about it. And especially as a mom, sometimes this, this exercise program that you start is the only time that you have for you. And so it's important that it is something exciting and enjoyable and something that is moving you closer towards your goals. And you may not always love it at first, but I've had a lot of people come back and tell me like, this is my only time for me. I've started to look forward to this time because it's my only time for me. So I build a program with somebody to make sure that it is a program that they're going to be excited about. And then um, I do weekly video call check-ins. People can text me anytime. We can kind of adjust their workouts as they go. And then if they hit a mental block, I just talk to them or I just let them talk or, or whatever it is that they need to remove this block or this bout of depression or this crippling anxiety or whatever it is. We just talk. I've talked to people about coping skills and time management and just anything that I can do to help people succeed and not only like succeed in meeting their goals, but then continuing to go on afterwards and create new goals to keep bettering because a lot of the women that come to me, they don't just want, you know, to lose weight like they want to have better relationships with their kids. Right. And they want to have more like mental clarity, less mental fog, and they want to sleep good again. Like these aren't small goals. These aren't, I want to lose three or four pounds and look good for a wedding. And if that is your goal, that's fine. But these are very like intrinsic motivational factors. It's awesome because you're moving them through the process of like getting healthy and, and all of that. But, but at the same time, you're healing their heart and, you know, working through them with something. So it's, it's like having a therapist in, (laughs) it's like having a therapist and, and a personal trainer in one. Um, And I, I can see how beneficial it is because I can almost just see women who just want someone to talk to and Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so they are home alone and they're home with their kids and maybe their husband comes home late or whatever, or they're a single mom. And it's really hard for them to, for them to have someone to talk to. And it reminds me, I, a while back I had done like Noom. I think a lot of people have signed up for Noom. 
And Noom is, is kind of that thing where it also like works on your, it makes you think of food differently, like using mental things. You cannot beat having someone who's, who's doing what you're doing with their bodies, but also like with their minds and working them through that so that it is a total, a total transformation. And that's really, really important. Um, it's really important for women for moms, <laughs> um, to kind of go through that. So where can people find you find your amazing Instagram page? <laughs> so, um, my Instagram is just at Abby Sharbach. It's a B B I E. And then my last name is S C H A R B A C H. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter, but I don't know if anybody uses Twitter anymore. I was just like, do I need a Twitter? So I made one. And so (laughs) it's just connected to my Instagram. But if Twitter is your thing, then you can find me on Twitter also. So that is where I'm at. And (laughs) Clubhouse. And Clubhouse now. Yeah, I don't even know how that works, but there was a train. And so I jumped on. Really? (laughs) Yes, there was an invite train and I was like, I'm going to check this out. That's what that is. I just realized it's because someone comments and then they get an invite and then they, I was like, someone posted something like that. And I was like, is this like, do we pay money for this? Like what is happening? I didn't know. That's what I did. I was just like, okay. Um, And then I'm working on getting a YouTube put together, which will have workout videos and advice and and stuff like that. And then also um, working on getting my website put together, which I'm so excited about. And I'm hoping to get um, information up there about mental health um, and then exercises and nutrition and, um, you know, ways that you can work with me and and all of the good stuff up on my website which will hopefully be publishing soon (laughs) yay awesome well thank you so much for being on yes thank you for having me this is fun